0: So if I... If I were to actually win the lottery, I have I have the worst feeling that I, I, I know that on the surface level, I would probably I'm, I'm like thinking, oh, man, I could donate to this charity and I could do this thing. And then I could find like, you know, maybe 10, 10 um, college kids who are really suffering and pay off their debt and, mm-hmm. you know, buy myself a house, buy my kids a house. I mean, my ex-wife a house and buy, you know, and, and do a lot of nice things and set up a preservation, you know, for of land that I, I can jog on for myself and let other people jog there like a park and Mm -hmm. do all this great stuff but deep down Mm -hmm. I get the feeling it would change me such that I would be like no this is my fucking money and I'm a hermit now bitches (laughs) I don't know if it would
1: change me necessarily I (sighs) Yeah, I, know I, I know what I I know what I would do after paying off my paying off my bills and stuff, and you know making sure that my you know my parent my dad is taken care of, and you know my mother in law is taken care of, and that my kids are set up for school. I would leave.
0: That was a very quick correction. What? Which my, one? My, my parent? I mean, my mom. My, well,
1: no, my dad. My mom's not alive, so I had I'm, to make a quick correction. Thanks. <laughs> but I mean, I'm, I'm just here to remind you that I know exactly, you your mom I know is exactly dead. where I'm going to move. I know exactly where I'm going to go. Where are you going to go? If I did, if I could, if I had my brothers, and I could move, Norway.
0: Oh, I'd see. I would move to Alaska. Uh, I, I think. I'm I out. think America's done, son. <laughs> Yeah, but if I were living in Alaska and you were living in Norway, like if I were living in Anchorage, we'd be on the same... We'd still be on the same latitude, I believe. Yeah, but
1: we'd be in totally different time zones.
0: Mm. Uh, I wonder... Oh, yeah, the time difference would be like 10 hours at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. so with all the doom and gloom we were talking about before the show, I got, got a question, okay? And okay. I'm drinking tonight just to warn everybody. Oh, okay. God. What is the first thing that shocked you into awareness of death? What is the first happening that shocked you into awareness of what, what death means.
1: Oh, okay. You really want to know? Sure. I was four years old. Mm-hmm. We were going on a camping trip.
0: And we found a dead body.
1: No. <laughs> um, our dog, who is a German Shepherd named Sadie, was uh, with us, and she had just had puppies, and unfortunately <coughs> they had to do like a C-section in order to get the puppies out, for whatever reason. I don't know. Mm-hmm. This is also one of my earliest memories. And uh, we went out to the lake, and she was on the uh, she was on the dock, and she fell in, and and she panicked and wanted to get out of the water. And in her panic, her sutures opened up and her internal organs came out.
0: <gasps> oh, so, my fucking God. My so it was a real jumped. thing right in front of your goddamn face? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You want to know what caused it for me?
1: Uh, you killed
0: someone. No. No. At the age of eight, mm-hmm. maybe seven, I watched the movie RoboCop. <laughs> oh my god! So imagine it's 1988, a uh-huh. year after. So it's on VHS. I didn't yeah. see it in the theater. Okay. And I'm sitting there, and my <coughs> my brother's probably babysitting me. Mm-hmm. Parents are gone somewhere. We're living in Rhode Island while well, all these murders are going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um there's the scene where uh right in the beginning uh the the main character is thrust into a situation where a bunch of men are firing guns at him cruelly oh yeah 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 with immense malice and laughing as they do it <laughs> blowing off his limbs <coughs> and killing him. Yeah, <coughs> <laughs> and a very, very, very accurate scene of the doctors trying to revive him, injecting mm-hmm. him with epinephrine or adrenaline or something, and mm-hmm. and doing the the clear and mm-hmm. the, and all of that, and then all of a sudden the lights go out. Mm-hmm. That is what it really not not just that, but the fact that humans can be cruel. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the idea of watching that movie when I was so young was terrifying. That 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 someone it, it was I knew it was a movie and it wasn't real mm-hmm. but someone wrote about it that way because people are actually like that. there mm-hmm. are actually people like that out there yeah. yeah yeah
1: so but anyway Robocop made you aware of death mm-hmm. but then did you not find solace that he rose Christ like as a robot? <laughs>
0: Um I think that the story differs from that in the fact that it, it it's 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 a revenge story. Yeah. Um but it's also it's also another a very well and I would say more recently modern version of the story of the golem. Mhm. Where uh, you know uh, like Frankenstein like the tin man. Um, I'm going to
1: say it's more like Frankenstein.
0: Um, well anyways it's it's yeah. basically it's anim- something animated from non-living to living that has memories of you know whatever it was before where mm-hmm. where yeah i mean similarly the go- the story of the golem is is that it is it's made of clay and it comes to life to do the bidding of
1: golem 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 i made you out of clay <laughs>
0: I'm fascinated with the idea of that through popular culture right now. I really what, am. Of
1: The Golem or the resurrection? Any? Of-
0: any? It's not a resurrection. It's not. I, I don't think of it like the Christ resurrection. I think of it as a as okay. animus, animating. All right. Do you remember non-living. the scene
1: at the end of the movie? <sighs> There's literally a scene where it looks like Robocop is walking on water.
0: Mm, yeah. At but the he's, end, he's right before he kills the Boddicker. fuck out of somebody,
1: he's the techno Christ. I'm
0: not yeah. arresting you anymore. Yeah. I want Watched it the other day. That's why it came into mind. Mm-hmm. I'm also reading I'm also reading Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. I'm going back to a lot of the classics. And mm-hmm. I was sitting there and I said, Now wouldn't it make a great YouTube video if, you know how Frankenstein, um, the the, the doctor Frankenstein eventually finds his monster a couple of years after yeah. he, had, he it had escaped his lab? Yeah. And he's talking to it, and it's very well-spoken, very mm-hmm. well-taught, and it's explaining its story about how it came to be and how it came to, I believe, and I haven't gotten to this part, accidentally kill Frankenstein's own nephew. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was sitting there now going, wouldn't it be amazing if I... Or, not amazing, but it, just a good a good gimmick to do on YouTube. If I watched movies where the story, where, where anything that involved the story of the Goyum where I blotted out the sound and it talked over, say RoboCop. Uh, okay, so the scene, the scene where he he's, saw
1: my confused expression.
0: By the way, I did, I did, J- Jason. <laughs> okay, so I had this idea, like I was watching RoboCop, and I had this idea. <clears throat> that Frankenstein's monster could um narrate what's going on in the scene in RoboCop where he's first trying to kill Clarence Baddicker mm-hmm. and he's like and the tin man did then did then strangle the bloody faced man and slam him through a wall i am not so like a caveman in that i don't understand that machines have advanced to a point where where that is mostly human yet mm-hmm. partially machine and and is ki- and is out for revenge, like like it's sort <laughs> of like Dickensian style or um, Mary Shelley style, um, uh, you know, ex- uh, narrating what's going on in the movie, right? <laughs> but it would be it would be a series of those where, say, and then I'm watching Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. or I'm watching what's the Tin Man
1: is not a golem.
0: <laughs> yes, it is. It is an animus made from made from non living things.
1: The, okay, so the Tin Woodsman's axe was cursed by a witch. He was a he was a man, and the curse was okay, every time then, he used it, he would cut off case, a part of his body.
0: You're you're not you're not understanding why I'm saying this. Why? Animus or golems, they do have they do have a a living thing inhabiting them.
1: No, golems do not. Golems yes, have a do. piece of paper.
0: Um. No, they
1: have an inscription on their forehead.
0: No, yes they do. They're drawn up. They're drawn. It's basically how we get the idea of a god creating humans. Mm-hmm. All right, we're arguing, and I'm getting drunk. <laughs> That's maybe why. I'm... <laughs> No, I'm just saying, I think that anything where it is a human creating from non-living things a living thing, and that living thing goes awry, which it usually does, is, is a version of the story of the golem.
1: Right, but it's also okay. a reinforcement of the Eden myth.
0: I know, but there are things older than the Eden myth. Sorry, That's Christians. True. Whatever, can Sorry. we do the show now? <laughs> you can see where this night's going to go.
1: Uh-huh. In three, two, one... Hello, everybody, and welcome to Let Me Finish, Two Men, One Story, One Million Interruptions. I am Jason Harding.
0: And I am Atticus Getting Drunk.
1: And on this show, Atticus reads the story, and I interrupt him with funny ha-has. And this time around he's going to read what?
0: I'm reading the rest of Imani's story, and if, if we can, we'll get on to another one.
1: Yay, thank you, Imani. Remember, guys, if you have a story that you'd like up for us to read on the show, then please go to the Let Me Listen podcast website, go to the contact page, and leave it for us there. Um, okay, let's do it. Come on, let's go. All right,
0: it's my turn. No, hey, it's not. I, hey, I'm here. I, I'm, read- I'm not queer, but I don't care about the queers. It's okay. Just don't put your dick in my face. Okay, I'm not I'll doing it. I'm, this i is a I general love you, strike. Jason. You know that I love you. I love you very much and I miss you. And I'm gonna keep interrupting the show. Because I'm here, I'm 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 Jeff. I I'm full of name. beer. <laughs> I'm full of beer. And it's time for the show. That's it. Da-da-da. Okay, anyway. Little things is a short story by Raymond Carver. He oh. invites the reader into a breaking, oh remember
1: family. these are all like little book reports,
0: yeah, they're little book reports that he, he glued together and didn't i he didn't care to correct any Wait, uh, is
1: Imani a boy
0: or a girl? We don't know they okay, so they whatever it's okay. They didn't complain in the comments. <sighs> you know what people sent us, right? No, they sent us their stories at the time they shit their pants,
1: oh yay. <laughs>
0: Little Things is a short story by Raymond Carver. He invites the reader into a breaking family with a storm coming. A white family. A taste well, they all rev-
1: have cardboard. And they go out on the street. And they play beatbox music.
0: <laughs> I'm not. Good.
1: What was that?
0: Uh, I don't know. <laughs> You, did I ever tell you that when I was a <laughs> child, right when we were when my my cousins were living in Attleboro, yeah, we I, we went to visit them because their their house was a little safer during Hurricane Bob, which was in '91 or '92, I think.
1: Hurricane Bob.
0: Yeah, and um, during the hurricane, while the lights were flickering, me and my 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 cousins, a boy and a girl, I won't say their names, um, and me, my brother, my sister, and I, mm-hmm. we decided we were going to build a hang glider out of the leftover wood from. My my uncle built re- refinishing the basement. So what we did was we laid. <laughs> listen, just listen. I, I'm listening. So we laid out it because we had just watched watched uh, Ewoks: The Battle for Endor. We had the idea of. A a hang glider, a hang glider that was made of wood. It was a triangle, and then mm-hmm. that, and then one piece of wood at the bottom. And then what we did was we took we 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 nailed that together so that we had a triangle that's uh. uh, by in two by fours. Yeah, um, about I don't know the length of say an adult, probably about six feet long on on the longest end. It, mm-hmm. it was an isosceles. So anyway, we we then supported it with beams in between that we cut. Which our our parents weren't paying attention. They were just like well, we'll keep them safe from the storm. hook. We'll Cares what they do in the yeah, basement. Yeah, they're building
1: a hang glider.
0: <laughs> we're sawing. We're sawing pieces of the wood with with you know. We could be sawing off our limbs for all that yeah. mattered. But it was the nineteen you know nineties, so you know it was okay to do that kind of thing. Anyways, we, we we then take hundreds of pieces of paper and keep gluing them together until it was nothing but a paper mache yeah. for the for the hang glider's you know wind support. And we right. did it on both sides. And then when our parents weren't looking, we snuck outside with our I knew it. Lighter. I fucking knew it. <laughs> and we held on to the slats and jumped off of our parents' cars in the wind. Like, the wind is like, I, I could swear it's probably a 100 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Just whipping around and You're trees really lucky
1: someone just didn't t- go shooting off into the
0: air. <laughs> trees are whipping around, and my uncle's church is across the street is like mm-hmm. being beaten to death with shaken. But, you know, if there's a God, it was keeping it all together without anything breaking with peach. Just pieces of tape across all the windows and stuff and we're like hey and we jump off our parents cars and some of us actually did catch a, just a little bit of wind before we hit the ground and that was just a few times before the wind finally ripped through the pieces of paper holding us up Anyways, little things.
1: What in the story reminded you of that?
0: I don't know. We were
1: talking about breakdancing, and then you said, Oh, that reminds me of a story.
0: Oh, the breaking family with the storm coming.
1: Oh, okay, yeah.
0: When all these little factors come together, they show how the simplest of actions can lead to a fatal one, hence the title of Little Things. Carver never gives us a name to his main characters and little to no imagery. It's short and straight to the point, point. he uses all the right words to make the air thick with dread. Dread caused by a photograph of an, of an infant no older than a few months, taken by the wife. She starts a fire, and it'll, and it will be her, uh, and it will be her baby's demise in the end. However, the, in, the uh, oh, yeah, I burned my baby. I wanted a pork. I wanted to cook a, a roast roast baby. Mmm, just, just put it in the fire. <laughs>
1: roast baby. Well, there we got we got the title of the show in early.
0: Nice <laughs> in <laughs> <That's an> early. <laughs> however the husband feeds into the vengeance by trying to take the baby instead thinking back on it the man doesn't have the actually the. this is what it says the, I'm not I'm not accidentally all the sense. just so well, you know
1: I know it's written it's written, it's written
0: I think it's translated from a different language I think I said yes. that um, thinking back on it the man doesn't have the actually baby on his mind until she takes the picture this work this work this wookie this work this wookie. be the first thing I would pick up despite that I like the story and how fast it takes a turn for the worst, and how the parents are the ones to deal the blow mm-hmm. from from being told from a very young age that elders know the best they don't one would think they being the oldest know better than to than to hurt or bring deaf defenseless baby into their argument. The foreshadowing at the begin is so beautifully worded when the death happens. The shock of knowing and seeing it actually happen sends chills up the reader's spine. In addition to all of that, the last words make the, the act final and leave a clinging sadness to the readers. Although the story is realistically sad and horrible, the format is confusing and leaves you asking, question foolishly, hoping for better conclusion. For example, where did the photo go? Up my ass! My curiosity... You're not interrupting.
1: I'm listening.
0: I, okay. It's I, I don't... I am I, Do I have an effect on you? Is that what it is? Well, I mean, when I, I think because... it would help people.
1: For those people who haven't read... Have you read the short story?
0: No, I haven't. Have you?
1: Yeah. It's been a while. But I think basically what happens is two people are breaking up and um, there's a baby. And then they f- start fighting over the baby who gets to take the baby. They and... like
0: have one person holding the baby's arm and another holding the baby's leg. And then they're like, ah, fuck it! accidentally tear the baby in two? Yes. Are you fucking kidding me? Is it, that really what It happens? is heavily
1: implied that because of the way they're fighting, they're both pulling on the baby's arms and the baby cries in pain. They stop for a second. Then they start fighting again. And then the <coughs> last line, the the, the the story is very ambiguous, but it really, it really makes it seem like the baby is either killed or injured greatly in this fight. Okay. But it's the, the ambiguous ending basically says, and with with this one last gesture, or something like that the matter is decided which would indicate that either the the man broke the baby's arm or the baby their fight caused the baby to die and neither one of them got it fuck it's you a, I don't want this
0: baby anymore and she it's a, a real
1: out. downer like a rock
0: <laughs> fuck you you broke the baby I'm gonna go make another one
1: with what?
0: I'll go find another cock to put inside me good luck I'll find many cocks to put inside
1: me your name around town is loose meat <laughs>
0: Whatever, my loose meat will wrap around those cocks, slurping them and having making them Having sex with you so is like
1: having sex with a slightly damp mop.
0: <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> 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 Having sex with you is like putting my my cock in between four pieces of salamity. <laughs> salamity! salamity. <laughs> no, it's no longer comedy. It's salamity. <laughs> it's salamity. <laughs> oh, my God. I got to go get the bottle of vodka because I'm loving myself tonight. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Anyway, back <laughs> I, to No, Imani. that's the name. Okay, it's Roast Baby Salamity. That's got to be, like, you got to reword that somehow. So that's the title of the episode. Roast, Roast Salamity. <laughs> <laughs> F- fucking, I, I, but then there's the obvious one. Fucking you is, like, throwing a hot dog down a hallway. That's
1: tired, though. Uh, that's really tired.
0: Fucking you is like, is, like, just putting, I don't know, lubricant on my... My bed sheets and humping uh, humping the bed I, uh, uh, I think I think
1: a slightly damp mop works the best it's just like there's no friction no,
0: there's got to be something worse than that it's kind there's of rough. Be. It's kind of fucking you is kind of rough. That that's like a very Chuck Palahniuk way to to put it. It doesn't even you don't even have you don't even you could just conjure the images in your mind because he's yeah. so minimalist. He's just like fucking her was like what did I say? No, I, I don't remember. Fucking you was. You kind said salamity
1: about fifteen times.
0: <laughs> <laughs> fucking uh, <laughs> the Salamity Club. <laughs> now, now at the Salamity Club, starring Jason Harding and Atticus Blake. <laughs> <laughs> And their first show
1: now with free fruit to throw.
0: <laughs> a pumpkin is considered a fruit. I found that out today. What? All gourds no, are considered it's a squash. It's gourds a gourd. are considered fruits cuz they're on the inside and have sweet.
1: I thought fruits had to either grow from a vine. Oh, I guess they do grow from a vine.
0: Have you ever been strangled by a pumpkin vine?
1: No. What what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, wow. This is okay. Have you ever so gone to a pumpkin when get, farm? When you get have you ever down gone to a... Have I ever, when you get down to the low body fat percentage that I've got y- you down to fats. Now, You get drunk fast. There's nowhere for the alcohol really to go. Really, you know what's funny? I'm not even really that drunk. I think I think it's I, I don't I don't feel drunk in my body. I don't feel that hypnotic effect. My brain is definitely like there are no inhibitions. <laughs> <laughs> You got salamity on your mind. So yes, I mean, have, have a, you ever taken little miss to a pumpkin farm? Right. Yeah, there's a pumpkin farm right down from down there's many in the in the town that I live in.
1: I would imagine you you have you have the kind of autumn Halloweens that I wish I had, you know, where the, yeah, the yeah. all the fuck Okay, guys, as much as he likes to complain about Massachusetts, Addy, describe how unbelievably beautiful Massachusetts gets in the fall.
0: Okay, and I just want you to know that I complain about Massachusetts, I complain about the people. Okay. That's It is the setting of the next few books that I'm trying to write. Well, that I've written, but am doing my second and third versions of. Anyway, so imagine that you are in the end of summer, it's September, and you are just noticing that the green trees get to uh, be encompassed by a sort of fog that comes out of nowhere, Mm -hmm. because the hot and cold mixtures, they're very sudden, even though you notice the changes of the season gradually. Leaves begin to fall off of the trees and the bramble around where I run, mm-hmm. and they are a sort of yellowish hue. Um, mm-hmm. Like, uh, oh, this is a horrible description. <laughs> I was going to say a cream-toned Honda. I don't know why. <laughs> okay, the the color. Of You're bread. a writer. <laughs> like I know. a
1: cream-toned
0: Honda. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, it's the like the color of. Like the, the color of bread when it's half-baked.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Doughy. And then eventually what happens is they start to, they, these leaves then get to be covered by more brownish, more more sort of auburn and brownish-hued leaves that scatter everywhere. They're in mm-hmm. the street, they're on the roads, yeah. and they're they're swept away at the side, uh, you know, hatefully by people who don't want them there. Yeah. And then you start to smell people getting rid of their leaves by burning them. Mm-hmm. They have huge bonfires in their front yard.
1: I thought they would put a stop to that by now.
0: No, in pumpkin mm-hmm. patches, you know, all around, all around where I live, farms, corn is ready to be is ready to be cut down for harvest, and you can. I drive by something like that every fucking day, which mm-hmm. is probably why I can describe it, but it's also kind of boring, and I don't really notice it.
1: Well, here's so, what I noticed when I was yeah. in Massachusetts during the fall.
0: I'm not done with my description. Okay, keep but going,
1: okay. keep going. No, no, it's okay. Oh, yeah
0: the corn is then a very pale pan that stands out very starkly against the blue and the blue sky it's that's all you see all the way around the the firmament if that's what mm-hmm. you want to call it okay And then it's Halloween. You got the kid coming around, walking for miles, miles. I'm not even kidding, miles to get candy at houses because that's how far apart each of the houses are. There are farms everywhere. And, of course, Mm -hmm. the farmhouses, those are the people who buy whole candy bars. It's not just the rich who do it now. Because they want the kids to come to the house. hmm There's actually a period of time be- in the early 2000s all the way up until, say, the 2010s when nobody was coming to my father's house because it was too far for their kids to walk. They would drive them around to trick-or-treat. Yeah, it's like a f- five-mile driveway. Yeah. They would drive their kids around to trick-or-treat. But when I was a kid, you just fucking walked no matter how long it was. The entire mm-hmm. night, you, you were midnight, spent walking around crunching these leaves under your feet and filling your bag with candy and... And then when you finally mm-hmm. got home, you were too tired to eat it. Yeah. So, anyway. so
1: here's, here's what I, I was flying into Worcester. Mm-hmm. It was about, I would say four o'clock in the afternoon, four o'clock, um, October. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't really been looking out the window. I had done this flight a few times by this point. And I looked out the last time I had been in Worcester, it was summer. It was green. Everything was green. And I looked out the window and audibly gasped mm-hmm. because it was a patchwork of green and intense vibrant yellow and intense orange and intense red. The landscape looked completely different. Okay, this was a New England fall and I have never seen a picture that does the East Coast justice when it comes to fall. Mm-hmm. I have not. It's what we all in the United States when we do fall, we do that area of fall. That's the area that we, you know, with the leaves changing colors and all that stuff. You know what we have for fall out here? It, the leaves turn die and then fall off the trees. And that's it. It's nothing. They don't nothing beautiful at all. They they turn yellow. That's it. The trees that actually do lose their leaves. Because remember, for the most part, out here where I live, we have what we call heritage oaks, and these are incredibly old trees. They do lose their leaves, but the leaves don't change color. They just kind of turn brown and fall off.
0: <laughs>
1: we don't we don't get the <coughs> intense reds and blues. We don't get a ground fog or or a mist. We don't. We're not allowed to burn. our our leaves. We haven't for years on end. Because of air quality stuff.
0: Oh, um, I, I'm, I can tell you, though, the people who are doing it here are probably doing it illegally. You think so? Um, you can, you you do. So this is just another quaint thing that's a part of living in a New England town, right? You got to go to the town hall and you yeah. buy yourself a little burning permit and you make sure that your leaves are in the center of your lawn. It doesn't matter how well kept your lawn is. That's where it has to be uh-huh. so that if anything happens, the firefighters can come and surround it and put it down. Yeah.
1: See, I would and- just turn that shit into mulch.
0: No. No? People out of here buy their mulch.
1: No. Oh, <coughs> anyway, Amani's story about the baby killing.
0: It was fall. There was a mist hanging low over the red and yellow bramble. And there was a baby with two broken arms. <laughs> trying very... Trying horribly to crawl its way through the corn.
1: <laughs> Why did you have... Oh,
0: my God. <coughs> with
1: a look of determination.
0: And this would be its moment. <laughs> it looked like Chucky, all bloody and gross. Okay, but
1: baby opens. Now is his time to start walking.
0: <laughs> it did. <laughs> <coughs> oh, you just put the cutest image in my mind. Ah. Uh. I remember my 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 daughter actually, she didn't walk till she was almost a year old. Mm-hmm. And uh what babies do, in case people who are listening have never had a baby before, have never watched this, but what babies do in order to get their legs strong so they can start crawling is they will kick on well they lay on their back and kick their legs yeah. back and forth and they don't realize they're doing that. It's evolution. Anyway, it's there, and they kick their legs strongly. So when my, my my daughter would do this, she would kick her legs back and forth and go, ah,
1: oh, ah, ah,
0: ah. And, and I just remember her doing this with her big, big smile on her face, kicking uh-huh. back and forth in a pink onesie and, and ah. Anyway,
1: I can only picture that that voice now coming out of a baby.
0: And now, and now she shaves half her head off and lets one hair hair flying down one Uh-oh, side. Oh, and... sounds
1: like Dad has a problem with her hairstyle.
0: No, it's what I would do when I was a kid, so I can't really mm-hmm. d- disagree with you it. Don't, what just, are you doing? Her hair is so fucking pretty.
1: Oh, there and he she's is. Shaving There's it
0: Dad. Uh, is it a different color now? Oh no, it's been many colors before, but right now it's it's white blonde again. We okay. spent most of the day watching Stranger Things together today. Has, has she seen it before though? Right? Yeah, but it's okay. more like I like I never okay,
1: um, the fight. I'm just going to prepare you for this. What the fight between Eleven and um, Hopper? When I've he, already
0: I've already seen this. Okay, yeah, but he, you know that fight me, like I've never seen. Yeah,
1: about when he takes away the TV and all that stuff. And yeah. you're going to have that exact fight with your daughter at some point.
0: I've already had a mild... No, she's too easy to love. I'm sorry. Not Right now? I don't now. believe you. Yes. Wait until I she just, gets I a little older. I literally reach over and take her phone from her and put it in mm-hmm. my pocket. And I'm like, nope, we're eating dinner. And all I want to hear right now is the sound of your mouth going... Yeah.
1: Okay. You can still do that, but eventually, eventually.
0: <laughs> it's it funny. It, it the show made her want to eat Eggo waffles. She's going to, and then and mm-hmm. then she hated them. I had a whole freezer full of Eggo waffles <laughs> for her, and then she's like, "I don't really like them, Dad." And I'm like, well, "Oh, one day fuck. she because I'm not eating carbs." <laughs> You're going to be
1: all I want to hear is you eating, and she's going to shoot you a look. That will stab you through your heart because it's a look of absolute hatred, and instead of becoming sad, you will become angrier than you've ever been in your life.
0: (laughs) You know what I? You know what I? I said to her today. We were we as we were watching the show. There's the <laughs> scene where, um, oh God, the main the main girl that's not eleven is going over to Steve's house, and you know what no, the new happen. one for season two? No, for season one. Uh, this, she goes over to oh Steve's yeah yeah, house yeah because she's there to you know of course do the do, and her friend Barbara is just kind of watching on, and she he hands her a beer, and he's like, look, well here, Miss Prissy, you know, because she's so good with her grades and everything, and yeah yeah, she pops the beer open and chug chug chugs away and, and I look at my daughter and I say you know it's amazing it's all been done before and it's really uh-huh. beautiful that it's all been done before because we each get to experience it in a different way I, uh-huh. I you know I, in the 80's these were the kids who were just before me chug 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 chugging their beers I did that in the '90s, and then there were kids who did it in the 2000s, and then there were kids who are doing it now in the 2010s. But it's uh-huh. uh, it's, it's the same, but you get to experience it in a different way. And I said, I hope one day that you call me up after waking up from on someone's dr- you know front lawn after drinking too many after drinking too many beers, and say, Dad, I need to be picked up because it's the it's so fun. It's so fun <laughs> that you get to experience. Just that, just that. Yeah. Come on, Jason. You know what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah. Well, I told all of my kids. You're gonna. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if you if you wind up finding out that you're drunk, just call. You're not going to get in trouble. And well, no. They but never what did. I what to their I mean credit, is... they never did it. They never. They weren't the, They just never went out and got drunk.
0: No, the sneaking out, drinking at a pool party, falling asleep on someone's front lawn, and then waking up and going, I finally had a... Serious about that? I are talking about, and it was so fun. God, my head hurt. I
1: saved that for college. I really um, didn't. For hi- I watched, high, I watched. I would go today. to the party and watch my friends get that drunk. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd watch them. You know, I literally
0: the stereotypical.
1: I love you guys, you guys don't care about me. You know that that bad drunk. <laughs>
0: And you never did that? Oh, not in high school. You're stuck out of time. I did it in high school. Mm. I did. I did. My my brother. Like I said, I had My brother was old enough that he could buy alcohol for us teenagers in high school. And my one of my favorite things to do was get alcohol for everybody and make myself, and I'm the famous guy because I got an older brother. Um, you you forget. What? My
1: my mom had, like, a Ziploc bag, a gallon Ziploc bag of pot in her room. Oh, you mean I didn't old need alcohol. weed that, that didn't
0: do anything? <laughs> huh? Old, sh, old shag weed that didn't do anything?
1: No, it was decent stuff. It did do, yeah, it it, it worked. Mm. It doesn't work like it does now, but, Yeah. <laughs> The stuff now you just look at and you get like, you're just like ah, it's, it's somehow
0: it's you know gone through the air. I, I hate that because I I you know what I said as I'm sitting there watching Stranger Things with my daughter, my son goes out on it's legal in Mass. You can grow weed in Mass. My he's yeah, sitting it's out it's on legal the porch here too. and he's just he's just. With his Ricky, Rick and Morty bong, oh and, God. and he's just sitting and filling up the front porch, and then he opens it, and I can smell it. And I, I literally put my nose under my shirt because I do not want to get high. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I forgot. You'll like freak out if you you know, smell too much weed." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's not funny. It's really <laughs> not funny." <laughs> anyway, at the end it gets intense, and the narration starts to blend with dialogue between two characters. These are my only complaints. <laughs> Don't complain. A baby got torn apart. That's an interesting thing. It's better than picket fences. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't it be amazing if Gloria and Ben tore Josh into two pieces? (laughs) We're going to draw and quarter you, which whoever gets the most on one side gets to keep you.
1: Yeah, but that would mean something would have to happen. (laughs) I know.
0: Uh... However, the criticism lays more on the side of the one, of wonder than anger. Carver probably knows that people are used to seeing when reading. Used to seeing when reading. That's what it says. Okay. So this was obviously done on purpose. But why? Is it to create more confusion throughout the story? In my no. opinion, the powerful air of the story is, is still very noticeable about the, the uh, complication of who's who. That's what it says. Okay. In fact, it seems rushed and unfinished. And I think it takes away from the story and its ending.
1: It's not rushed or unfinished. <laughs> The this whole is point is is that you're supposed to get confused over who is who because they are equally doing something bad and losing... Okay, never mind. I'm, I'm arguing with school. something that this person wrote like 500 years ago.
0: Okay, so... Shakespeare response, handout number one and two. When Beatrice and Bednick are arguing at one another, it's cute. Beatrice says, scratching could not make it worse, and twere twer such a face as yours were. Okay. Don't make me read Shakespeare right now. You're
1: reading Shakespeare.
0: No, you're reading Shakespeare. Oh, God. But I it, don't
1: think I still have this. No, Let you do. It's in the chat.
0: It. And it's and it starts where, it just put in the search bar in Word, put in handout two.
1: I don't want to we will, read it it.
0: we will read Shakespeare in the voice of all right, all our right. favorite this is a character. Especially
1: since we're pretty much convinced that this has been translated. Mm. So when, that's fine. It's taking forever for it to open. I guess they doesn't want me to read it.
0: All right. I'll do my best impression of I can't do Oswald. Okay. Number one, I, wait, I, you, I don't
1: make... do an, you don't do an accent if you're an American and you're and you're reading
0: Shakespeare. Okay. But I was American right now. But I I can't. I, can I make a new character called it's Oswald's friend? named, I don't know, Dickhead or something.
1: <laughs> Oswald's friend name. Okay, so there was an unplanned... Okay, guys, for people who don't know my YouTube show, there was a Later. puppet, a blue little monster named Oswald. I did his voice last week. There was an unplanned best friend for Oswald named Porkchop.
0: Oh, yeah, have will be Porkchop. <laughs> For, is Pork Job dumber than Oswald? Or is he smarter than Oswald? He's dumber. It's dumber. Oh, okay. So I can't even words to think with stuff.
1: <laughs> I think he was going to not be
0: verbal. All right. Just make sounds.
1: Sure. All right. Let me get down to the end. Are we almost at the end of this?
0: Eight of 13. Uh, Oh, here we go. Okay. uh, Handout number one, two.
1: I see it there. When Beatrice and Benedict are arguing at one another, it's cute. Beatrice says, scratching could not make (coughs) it worse, such a face as yours were. And then it gives uh, the, the section that it's in. They seem like to be very close to one another, although they pretend not to care for the other. Beatrice, with her fast and witty comebacks that make you want to get some popcorn and watch the show. Okay. Okay. The two of them together in this book is going to be very entertaining. Another passage I like is when Benedict and Claudio are discussing if Claudio is in love with Hero. Bendrich says Yes,
0: I'm doing this.
1: (laughs) Stop it. With anger, with sickness, (laughs) or with hunger, my lord. Not with love. Throughout the whole talk, Benedict is Benedict is continuously saying <laughs> that he will never get married. You know and what, that Jason, Claudio? Yes. If
0: I if I ever become a ghost, like if ghosts are real and I become a ghost, yes. And you're doing something. Say you've gotten over my death, and then ten years ago you tried it. You you. Ten years later, you decide you want to brace the stage again. I, I'll do acting. I will haunt you like this.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Thanks a lot.
0: We were like, um... there he is again. Ah, Claudio shouldn't want
1: marriage either. Every few sentences the he mentions his disdain of marriage. In fact he says it so much you begin to wonder if he's trying to continuously remind himself and not the people around him. Along with these other, another memory moment is when Leonardo praises the act of a man getting emotional. This is not normal for the time I'm living in and I think that is awesome. What? Okay. More men should be confident in showing more feeling and not bottling it up we should not look down on someone because they are angry sad or happy i like that in shakespeare's are this was okay in some ways three i don't remember <laughs> one or two hero only has one line in this part of the play making her seem like this a is person. part
0: number ass <laughs> <and> <laughs> this is part words? number cock, cock and balls
1: or very and then shy number around, three. <laughs> or very shy around new people. In fact, Benedict and Claudio talk about her more than more when they're trying to see if Claudio is worthy of her. Wait, end what is marriage. the name of this play? This is much ado about nothing.
0: Oh, oh, all um, right. methinks, th- me me I dreamt that I was, I was enamored of an ass. That one.
1: <laughs> Benedict says, "Why, I faith, methinks she is too low for high praise, too brown for a fair praise, and too little for a great, bleh, a great praise." She seems to let others talk for her in the play, and she, a bit plain and average when the men talk about her, at least that's what Benedict
0: says... She blinds into the wall and she probably likes it there not speaking unless spoken to. Mm-hmm.
1: Compared to her cousin. She Hero's, blinds. They like, yeah. She goes like yeah, this no, and twirls blinds. that
0: little thing and then the yeah. blinds open and she's like,
1: Ha! <laughs> Hero is second best to Beatrice. Which I don't think is fair to her because the big differences are that Beatrice doesn't want to get married and that she stands up and talks for herself. Those are the only major differences between the two girls.
0: No. No, that that's... No, it's not. It's, it's a kid in hindsight. <laughs> school Jason come on
1: although the boys would be begged to different okay these are all begged adults to different i love it in the play they're all grown ups but okay although the boys would begged to different because the best thing about her is her face benedict saying <laughs> there's <laughs> i know there's her cousin, and she were not possessed with a fury, exceeds her as much in beauty as the 1st of May doth the last of December. Showing that if Beatrice's smart mouth would stay shut, she'd be very pretty, but her personality <laughs> seems to demand respect, and for people to listen to her. Which makes her the independent woman that she is, and I like all the sass she brings to the play, despite the fact that she does marry at the end. Benedict is the male version of Beatrice, with a player mindset. They both Fuck are yeah. outspoken, with and separately, trying to stay single. Whenever they meet one another, they must I'll tell you um, how to
0: out pick up chicks. Because my name is Rougevie.
1: They must out witty the other <laughs> he's just, in he's like, Fuck it, don't don't Fuck even. Fuck it, go I'm there. not bringing up Rougevie. I don't know why Beatrice doesn't want to get married, except for being someone else's property. Oh well, there you go, and not being as free as she is now. However, with Benedict, it seems as if he has a fear of being cheated on by his wife. Benedict says, Because I will not do them the wrong to mistrust, and I will do myself the right to trust none. And the fine is the which I may go the finer I will live a bachelor. Maybe something happened to him when he was younger and still hasn't gotten over the pain that comes from that. This could mean that the only thing keeping him from marrying is the mistrust with women, or it could be his pride stopping him from falling in love and marrying that certain someone. With Beatrice, it seems like a cowl thing
0: Casual probably.
1: Probably. That she can agree on with Benedict, she says, "I thank God and nigh cold." <laughs> Blood, I am of your humor for that. I had rather hear my dog bark at the crow, bark at a crow, than a man swear he loves me. He says it's like a casual thing that every woman should think about and not marriage, meaning that it's not a big deal to her, but it's still being a think she will fight against to the very end.
0: Being a think, you will provide... fight.
1: Five. I have no idea where four went. Five. <laughs> <laughs> Shakespeare shows two sides of thought of the marriage with Claudio and Benedict. Claudio is happy and excited about the thought of marrying Hero, while Benedict doesn't trust any women to be faithful to him in Mary. On page 20, (laughs) Benedict says that neither feel how she should be loved nor know how. She should be worthy. Worthy is is. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The opinion that fire cannot melt out of me. He thinks marriage is a shameful thing to want Mm -hmm. because then all the fun stops and then there is the possibility that his wife could be out cheating on him. Claudio thinks that it's unreasonable for Benedict to think about all girls being that way. (laughs) However, I don't believe that Claudio is in love with Hero. Oh, wait. I believe that Claudio is in love with Hero.
0: the chips into the microphone.
1: I know. And like to switch out the word love with like because it seems more realistic. Being in love is not the same as liking someone's face. But apparently (laughs) Unfortunately it might be. (laughs) Lessa or that will subtract from their beauty like it did to Beatrice. Benedict says, There's her cousin, as she were not possessed with a fury you already did this. Showing that women aren't vocal about anything. Okay so that thing had two meanings. They probably don't talk unless spoken to in this era, and Beatrice is the only one fighting against it. Something I don't understand is why Don Pedro who has to woo Hero instead of Claudio himself. Is he of low rating or something? Does the baby or get torn up
0: in the, at some point during young? this stupid goddamn? That I want, make I want sense I, you to know me. what I want. I want somebody to burn October leaves and then put the goddamn baby on. And just throw
1: the baby in and poof, right in the fire.
0: Because <laughs> that's what we do in New England. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth right now.
1: Okay. Um,
0: I I didn't see six. where you left off either.
1: Six. In scene two, it happens to be a servant that overheard the end, of the end of the conversation between Don Pedro and Claudio and takes the information back to Antonio, who takes it to Leonardo. Antonio says, the prince discovered to Claudio that he loved my niece, your daughter. This, of course, isn't what Don Pedro might when he said that, but the servant didn't know that, and neither did Antonio. Whew. Although Leonardo seems to be, this hesitant actually to is this.
0: turning my mind into mush.
1: I know it's information. Leonardo says, "Has the fellow any wit that told you this?" Leonardo then goes on to say he won't believe it until Don Pedro says it himself. This is a good thing because that isn't truth about the conversation.
0: You know what I want to uh, do right now. What? I want to read some of my story.
1: No. Seven. I'm Don... going to do it. I'm <laughs> good. Do it right Don over John you. seems sad more than anything. I don't know why he has a continuous frown on his face, but maybe he is depressed about the life he has to live being a bastard and all. Don John says, I am trusted with a muzzle and enfranchised with a clog. Therefore, I have decreed not to sing in my cage. He probably feels trapped because no one likes him and he's weary of the thought of him around. He, he feels like he will never be accepted into the lifestyle. Brother Don Pedro lives in, or lives. John stands on the edge of exile and accepted, and accepted because of his brother Conrad. His servant says, "You have of late stood out against your brother, and he hath taken you taken, which is what are the word?" Says T. A. No,
0: it's my turn. We're gonna You're end this li- Shut up! Happy You're
1: newly into his grace, meaning that Don I Pedro. Closed has I, John's I closed it already. I did. I
0: closed it because way. nope. Don, John... Dude, you're not even... Made me lose my place. Don, John... Eight. Don, Pedro, and Claudio with the Benedict.
1: Want with the fall down. <laughs> Boy, this is a long one too. It just keeps going. Well, no, just
0: stop. Stop. That's the end of the essays anyway. It keeps
1: going. It keeps so going. Oh my gosh, it keeps going. Okay,
0: you got to make commentary. Listen, listen, listen.
1: It keeps going. All right. So I don't have to do anything.
0: No. So this is this is part of V2, version 2 of my of my version of picket fences, which is no longer picket picket fences, which is actually good. Yeah. So you can So I remember can everybody, you,
1: t- you don't actually have to buy his book. You just have to listen to the show. No,
0: because is going to be rewritten one more time.
1: Okay, fine.
0: Come on. I want you to cut... You, you never want me to read my stuff except when it's I don't want life, you to rule. Life okay. and high definition, which you're perfectly I know fine with me what happen if
1: I really let go and start making fun of it. Go ahead. It's fine. That's what I'm doing it for.
0: I'm you're so drunk, drunk, I am not
1: going to... You're going to get hurt. Your feelings are going to
0: get hurt. Well, what are you acting like? You're not... You have my 100% consent. You want to know why? Because why? I wanted to do this before the show.
1: Oh, yeah, fine all right.
0: So if we end, if I end up with my dick you, in your hand, it's perfectly you, fine.
1: You have ten minutes. Go.
0: I have ten minutes. No, you have come ten on. Ten minutes. We went in we an hour and twenty minutes last week. Man. Right. Chapter seventeen.
1: Seventeen.
0: Billy asked Josh to wait on the stoop, sure whereupon he, he found the welcome mat turned in again. He knelt down and picked it up and placed it facing out, smiling to himself. In- inside the home, he heard muffled noises and low murmurs which he could not discern. People he are was... being murdered. <laughs> people are being what?
1: Murmured. It's either mur- people are being murdered or it's hand jobs.
0: Oh, yeah. He was patient this time and pretended to ignore it. Whatever it was Billy and his grandmother were discussing, he would leave it alone.
1: Oh, Billy and his grandma were giving each other hand jobs.
0: The door opened, and there he stood in the doorway, waving his hand. Let me
1: show you how I won your grandfather.
0: I'm getting to sexy parts. I hope you understand that's why I chose this chapter. And bad parts, too. <laughs> because that's something real that happens.
1: Heidi. Okay, yeah, we know. You're a better writer than anybody. <laughs> Look, you're trying to prove that you're a better writer than Hayden. No, no, no. That for was the, the love fake, of God. Idea.
0: That was the first version. The second version is proving I'm a better writer than myself.
1: B- what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <He> sm- <laughs> the house smelled like wood smoke, cigarettes, and mold, but was not nearly as untidy be- as before. He, th- he thought perhaps it had been the dirty window that shaded his memory. The tattered green barca lounger in the middle of the living room was empty, but disheveled as if someone had recently ex- exited its comforts. Exited re- it. Yeah, the remote sat on the left arm, along with a TV guide and a glass ashtray that sat on and on uh, that sat on the right arm, arm filled with the brimmed cigarette butts. Mm -hmm. With cigarette butts.
1: How many things can be on that one arm?
0: You don't understand old ladies.
1: There was also a plate of sausages, a small dog.
0: A whiff of smoke... An lilt-
1: unfinished jigsaw puzzle.
0: <laughs> a whiff of smoke lilted in the air above it. Next, the lounger was a wicker basket stuffed and balled with multicolored yarn. And pinned through the topmost ball was a set of knitting needles wound and tied through a length of yarn attached to an unfinished afghan. On the other side of the lounger stood a, saw, a, sm- uh, a tall, silver, green cylindrical tomb with a flammable, a flammable warning on it.
1: What? Wait, what? A, a tall, thin an oxygen, tomb. An oxygen tank.
0: Oh, an oxygen tank. I might just put that instead
1: (laughs) yeah that might be I was getting wordy because I'm reading
0: the classics Jason that's what happens
1: (laughs) you didn't describe the bar calounder as sitting in the corner was a chair that seemed (laughs) made of leather stuffed
0: the counters of the kitchen were now clear of dirty dishes and the windows had been wiped clean of stains allowing the mid-morning sun to illuminate the kitchen the linoleum floor had been swept and the carpets vacuumed and most of the boxes which had been stacked against the walls were gone with the exception of two or three it was as if overnight the home had been cleaned to make it more inviting. Over the Ooh. distant crash of waves, the television with its tinfoiled rabbit ears projected blue snow. From the beginning of the universe, along with the sound of static.
1: Oh, that's cute.
0: Standing next to the lounger, Billy. Pass- we didn't
1: know that at the time, but okay.
0: In 1986.
1: Oh, is this is 1986? No, I
0: told you, I changed. I moved the story to a time period I actually lived in, because that makes it oh, easier. Oh,
1: jeez. Yeah.
0: Standing next to the lounger, Billy passively let Josh take in the house. Then, and as if knowing. His penis. <laughs> Not yet. Then, as if knowing his worry, he said, "She's going to take a nap. You don't have to worry about her bothering Let's us." Let's
1: masturbate over her. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Sorry. Keep going. Why, Josh asked naively, "What are we doing?" Oh, me? <laughs> are we he's bit roasting me with your grandmother. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh. I love meat. To Where make it.
1: am I? Put this on. <laughs> oh.
0: No. The grandmother's a villain, Jason. Mm -hmm. He did not answer, but led him to the bedroom door. There, he turned the knob, opened the door, and cocked his head for Josh to come in. He obeyed, stepping in with a sort of wistful, apprehensive excitement. He heard the door shut behind him, and the smell of cigarettes, along with the snow of the TV, went out with its closing. The Ooh. window was open, letting in the soft, natural light, along with a breeze that fluttered white drapes, which Josh was sure had not been there the other day.
1: He could hear the creaking of supple leather, leather as it hung from the ceiling.
0: <laughs> Underneath the w- window, with its, plush, with its head plush against the wall, the formerly unkept bed had been made with black and blue sheets. Even the oh. corners had been smoothed. Who puts blue sheets on the top? You know who died. Uh, somebody who wants to get butt-fucked. <laughs> wait a
1: minute what <laughs> i didn't know that was a thing
0: no black sheets are definitely for sex come on you never heard Why? that before no oh my god man california is so fucking they're just like no we have sex you do on the white goddamn sheets rug. so you
1: can take them to school and
0: show them off look what i did <laughs> They would show up better on black sheets.
1: Then why put black sheets on the bed?
0: The whole point is to show it off. Uh,
1: Ah, okay.
0: No. I don't believe that's true. He could see the color of the rug now, a pale blue shag which had been exposed by the removal of many articles of clothing. The previously empty shelves were now lined with VHS tapes, small keepsakes like plastic dinosaurs, G.I. Joe figures, NES games, and framed photos. The fish tank on the dresser was now empty of water, grime and algae. As a centerpiece. But still had
1: fish in it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> As a centerpiece between Raiders of the Lost Ark and Monty Python's The Holy Grail. Billy had chosen a photo of he and his parents. Josh reached out to pick it up, then drew his hands back from the frame, suddenly as if embarrassed. Then turning over his shoulder to see Billy once again letting him take in the room, he asked, May I? Billy nodded his approval, and carefully he lifted his fin- He lifted the silver frame from the shelf and held it under his chest, inspecting the photo. In front, a forest background print. In front of a forest background print, three people smiled out from the black and white, posing for the camera. They wore
1: matching sweaters that all said KKK on them. <laughs>
0: On the left was a woman who was very obviously Billy's mother, a regally beautiful woman with curly white hair that showered over her shoulders and freckles across the bridge of her nose. Her eyes were the same sapphire as Billy's and beamed out from shaded from shaded glasses. On the right only Jason probably knows what I mean by that. Uh-huh. Just here, Let's get the shaded glasses out. It's nineteen eighty four.
1: And then let's go to let's go to Olin Mills and get our portrait taken.
0: On the right, a man with a jaw hewn from wood sat stoic. The jaw jutted out slightly from the left, giving him the appearance of someone who had been paid to smile for the photo. He had lost
1: his jaw during the war, and they replaced it with a wooden one. (laughs) (laughs) I I just
0: used my hands to move it up and down
1: guess why your mother doesn't want me going down on her
0: anymore son guess <laughs> because just like <laughs> George Washington I accidentally nod off her clitoris <laughs> oh my god <laughs> On first glance, it was difficult for Josh to discern any features that the father had imparted to the son. Then on closer inspection, Josh could see where Billy had gotten his (laughs) brown, Broad shoulders and straight nose. Between the two sat a delighted, possibly nine- or ten-year-old Billy, whose white curls hung in a bowl over his head accentuated over his head and accentuated the joyful smile of his eyes and mouth. He wore Side- a
1: sit-on-it t-shirt.
0: <laughs> I'll sit on it. That's what it says. It's all <laughs> <rump> on <above laughs> the top. So it says, I'll sit on any cock. <laughs> Side by each, the parents had one arm around the boy, holding him between them tenuously, tenuously as if to say that he was the duct tape that held them together. Josh's Aww. heart then moved, swooning at the amazing ability of one photo to impart so much about a family. Josh replaced the photo where it had been on the shelf, and in the reflection of the glass, he saw Billy leaning, looking over his shoulder. Oh. He turned at once and was accosted by a kiss that was slightly, slightly askew to his lips, along with a tongue that peeked out from the slight, slightly from behind Billy's like cheek, Billy, <laughs> Billy's teeth. Oh, wow, wow. The wet tongue licked jo- licked gently at Josh's mouth, and unbidden he opened it, letting the, letting the questing thing feel inside.
1: What a slithering muscle!
0: <laughs> he kissed back awkwardly, but not un- unwelcomely, at the face that he so desired. Billy's he could
1: ch- taste the velveeta sandwich he had eaten that <laughs> afternoon.
0: Billy's strong hands searched under his shirt Where now every, his every pore of his entire body opened And Josh felt as though he could taste the air with his skin Billy tasted like sweat, like sweets, like warm bread
1: Like pollen
0: <laughs> He shuddered at the touch And it radiated from the pit of his stomach Outward to the very tips of his calloused fingers and toes Of their own accord, Josh's hands reached out And found the copper rivet of Billy's shorts Without looking, he snapped them open, pulled the zipper down, and loosened. He let his hand dive under the the dirty hanes to find the things earlier ah. to find the to find the things earlier. This
1: is why your mom wants you to wear clean underwear.
0: Jesus Christ!
1: <laughs> you never know it's when you're like, going to get like a handjob from a boy. That,
0: <laughs> it's like you know that I'm about to come to a part that I like, and you're like, "Nah, I'm going <laughs> to talk right over that." It's okay because that's told the me title to. of the story, guy. <laughs> it's okay. He 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 let his hand dive under the hurt, the dirty hanes to find the things earlier hidden by red velvet ropes. What? short You don't understand what that means? I'm gonna smack you.
1: I know what red velvet ropes are.
0: Where are they usually in front of?
1: Was there a little usher down there too?
0: Pieces of doors art. don't
1: open until eight o'clock, sir.
0: Pieces of art. You ass. You ass fucker.
1: <laughs> you told me to do this.
0: I know. That's why I'm. That's why I'm pretending to be mad. I'm not really. Okay. Right. Good. Because you know what? I've spent the past three days trying to work my way through this because what happens is... I want them to do this, but I know what Billy has to do to him afterwards. Mm-hmm. I know what he has to do, and that's the hardest part, is that he, I need to make him do something that my personality doesn't want him to do. He needs to not be me. That's right. the part that hurts.
1: Oh. <coughs> storytelling is.
0: The shorts and underwear fell to the floor in a swoosh around Billy's ankles, and he kicked them to the corner of the room without, re- without releasing Soosh. his lips from Josh's. <laughs> Excitedly, Josh thumbed down his khakis, underwear, and tore his face from Billy's momentarily throwing off his polo shirt and letting his mouth and body clap against Billy's like a raucous applause as they both fell onto the bed, (laughs) one on top of the other, rolling around, wrestling for no other reason than the joy of it. They
1: started punching each other.
0: <laughs> scalding hot body parts pressed together, <laughs> crying out for Scalding more. hot! I th- that, I'm burning! I'm burning! You know it's Blisters funny? Blisters begin to form. In my, in my version of the story, there are actually red lines through parts that I want to rewrite, but I need to move yes. past. And uh-huh. right in scalding hot body parts, there's a huge red line through it. Like, <laughs> fuck that. You can make a better metaphor than that. Come on. <laughs> All right. Scalding hot body parts pressed together, (laughs) crying out for more and that it would never end. Then an an airy silence encapsulated them as if separating them from the world, broken only by the slight moans and the rustle of the blankets and sheets underneath them. They examined each other with their hands, up and down, finding what they liked, groped at the flesh, lifting it, then let it shrink back where it belonged. (laughs) Unbidden and unwelcome, the thought of his parents came to his mind, tall and obsolescent, having had their fun already. The two overeducated beatniks stood against the backdrop of the room, smiling and clapping condescendingly, like Josh was a savage who had figured out the sleight of hand behind a piece of magic. Mm. He thrust... Yeah. (laughs) That's so much better than they made love and waste it. The pornography could (laughs) thrive. Yeah, anyway. He thrust the thought of them away, wanting no longer to to be adored, but to adore and be misunderstood for once. He imagined Mm -hmm. Friedkin... Now, this is another part of the story, but it doesn't matter. He imagined Friedkin with his tattooed flesh, leather vest, and long gray hair, questing in the night by flashlight to find him not drowning or gasping for air, but quite deliberately sucking cock. He imagined (laughs) the shock and surprise on the old man's face, along with his shoulders hiked up, cringing at the sight of him, butt in the air, head down, Enjoying it. Two soft serve cones, please. Fried, Friedkin runs a, a ice cream stand on the beach. Okay. (laughs) He imagined that the two Mormon boys who had come to the doorstep so long ago with their salient disagreements, standing in the yard outside, dressed in suits and ties astride their bikes, bibles under their arms, shaking their heads in unison, mouths agape at the worst sin of all, a 69.
1: Oh, no. Now
0: I want you two to read those and come back to me and tell me what you think. That's his mother talking in his Mm. mind. He imagined the African man had stopped his singing and dancing and pointed to the large pointed so the large crowd which encircled them tore their white faces from the expecting from him expecting to see a car accident or maybe a petty theft, but instead were momentarily reminded of just how normal they were as an idle finger eased its way into Josh's anus. <laughs> No, thank you, white boy. <laughs> An
1: idle finger. It was just like sitting off to the side, smoking a cigarette. Hey, finger, get in the, get in the, get your head in the game. All right, throws the cigarette down on the ground, stamps it out, and just moses up he until chug- the butt he crack. Chugs
0: the rest of its beer. <sighs> he imagined the earth and the trees outside the window crying out against this abomination, and continued to moan against them in competition.
1: Can he cry out abomination? <laughs>
0: (laughs) He imagined the seagulls and crows perched outside... There had stopped their constant questing to stare blankly out through the window. He was lost now, lying on his back, submissive to Billy's will. Both arms in the air above above his head, gripping the pillow. His chest arched so that he could feel the same tongue that had fondled inside his mouth, now lapping at his body. This is hot. you like, hey, this is hot. You gotta, me, you gotta It takes, really isn't
1: <laughs> doing much for me, dude.
0: Because <laughs> you don't like dudes, that's why.
1: Yeah, that's why. Oh,
0: okay. And yeah, but if I replaced it with, he was lapping at the pussy... And then Vicky the pussy, the pussy with the pussy. Yeah,
1: because I have you know, number one, I have that drive. Number two, I've been in that situation
0: Okay. with teenage teenagers fucking coming up, gasping <laughs> for air. Billy put his hands between Josh's legs, said, "Turn over." It was not Ooh. a request. Having then finally rid himself of his imagined snoops, he complained. He complied. Relax, Billy said, chuffing against the back of his neck. This won't no, hurt. A wait bit. until
1: I get the condom at the end of this bat.
0: There's no <laughs> condom. Nope. He, Billy said, <laughs> chuffing against the back of his neck, "This won't hurt a bit." Then drove himself up inside Josh with a with a moan.
1: Yeah, and without any loop or nothing. Exactly.
0: It was just- Josh's face in the pillow, he gritted his teeth and held his breath against the sharp displacement of the tight sphincter. Once again, Mm -hmm. Billy said in Josh's ear, relax, let me inside you. And the pain subsided a little as he worked his way in and out, clapping his waist against his buttocks. Still holding his breath, Josh thought about the time when he was eight and his parents had brought him to Hangman's Farm on Route 7. Where, where being taught to, after being taught to ride a beautiful earth tone and spotted mare, he snuck away from his the parents. The mare
1: snuck up behind him and fucked him in the ass.
0: Why would the mare do that?
1: Because he's reminded of that time.
0: <laughs> <coughs> I'm not done yet. <coughs> <coughs> Where after being taught to ride a beautiful earth-tone and spotted mare, he snuck away from his parents to see the other horses whinny- whinnying from the hay-laden barn. Peering in through the barn door, Josh saw the center stable. In the center of the stable, three men stood dressed in overalls, filthy from head to toe. They surrounded an enormous chestnut-brown chestnut mare who beat her hooves against the ground. Each man was tethered to her with ropes that bound and kept her still. Then entered another man from the back stable with a stud and toe. He watched it, fascinated and horrified as the stud okay. mounted I her. gotta
1: interject here. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. So he is lying on his stomach. <laughs> yeah, getting fucked. <laughs> getting plowed. Yeah. And he's thinking about this time you don't... that he saw okay. two horses being
0: forced to have sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: <That's
0: the> most... <laughs> it's not supposed to be funny All right, so <laughs> anyway, you don't understand the joshua that i've developed has a very healthy uh imagination
1: okay good and he, the only the way that does. he can
0: he can imagine things is by actually visually imagining them for his eyes imagining them like 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 the sausage, sausageomedy. What did I say earlier? <laughs> sausage He imagined the salamity playing out before his mind, his eyes. <laughs> 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 he watched, fascinated and horrified, as the stud mounted her and rammed its already low hanging penis, jutting out of its cowl into her without her consent or permission. While the male's awkward legs wrapped around her body, holding her thousand some odd pounds still, and it penetrated her for a few seconds, then finished, dismounted, and chuffed. I cannot believe you're
1: interjecting this sex scene with this imagery, dude. (laughs)
0: Was he the mayor? He tried not to think of himself that They're way but Albert. <laughs> he willed himself to move, exhaling finally, then released his face from the pillow, turning over his shoulder. He saw Billy looming over him, his chest pressed against Josh's shoulder, blades smiling his shoulder blades smiling ear from ear to ear. He lifted his head from the pillow and kissed Billy, then contorting his body in a spiral, and he pulled away and said, I love you. Billy Uh-oh. did not respond did not reply but bounced his body harder again in in against Josh and excitement there was a light there was a light in those sapphire, sapphire eyes that outshined even the morning sun a loudness and for of- a
1: moment he remembered a time <laughs> yeah. when he watched his grandmother half drunk <laughs>
0: stuff jerk. <laughs> 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 I'm making roast. Am I the turkey, he thought? <laughs> this is the seasoning. <laughs> it's the se- I use my own. You bet you didn't know I use my own pussy juices. to season the turkey. Drunkenly tried to <laughs> stuff a salamity
1: into a turkey. <laughs>
0: <coughs> oh my god. You don't this is why I want to read portions of it on the show, Jason, because it makes me feel better about like a, am I being too poetic? nah this is perfect. This is fine. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Am I am I being too am I being too am I not I have enough description? <laughs> <laughs> there was a light in those sapphire eyes. sapphire eyes. The doubt shined even the morning sun. The loudness and the breathing between them that overshadowed overshadowed all of the all of the noises. Then feeling inside, then a feeling inside of Josh's belly exploded outward as he orgasmed and wet the sheets and blankets with his ejaculate. A few seconds later, he felt Billy's pumping erection do much the same, and his warm thrust eased up as he yelled fuck in a crescendo at the top of his lungs. He then pulled out <laughs> of him's side and laid on his back aside Josh, looking at the eaves of his room they laid silently for a long time josh's head on on billy's chest leaning listening to his heartbeat with his head now clear of the lust that had earlier gripped him with the thumps and breaths with the thumps of his heart and the breasts the only sound in his ears the occasional gurgling of his stomach he let him he let himself exude love he understood the caveman drawings the poetry and the myriad lengthy romances of a thousand years of fiction it had all been done before. Nothing was new, and he was unoriginal, but not entirely. Like playing chess, he and he and the others had played the game, but after ten or so moves, the possible outcomes were infinite. In his head, he heard his father singing terribly to his mother, count the headlights on the highway, then laughed out loud, a deep guttural laugh that stirred Billy, who sat up with the power of it, causing Josh to lift his head from his chest. What's This so- is
1: Grandma's room, he exclaimed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> She's underneath the bed where I left her. <laughs> Oh, goodness, this sounds good. (laughs) What's so funny, he asked. Never mind. Billy scowled for a second, then raised his eyebrows. I was just thinking of why my uh, uh, a little of why my parent. Uh, he paused, not wanting to incite Billy to tears again at the mention of parents. Billy just lost his parents in a car accident. So. No, Star- no. And continued. In
1: a car accident.
0: Why Cortland etched his name into the- so deeply into the rock. Stoically, Billy said, that's not what you were going to say. Josh sighed and said, I was thinking about how my dad sings to my mom at the top of his lungs, alone or in public, whether she wants him to or not. Billy chuckled at this then, said, I heard him on the beach. He's a little tone deaf isn't he? Yes, and the songs he picks are so sappy. What did you understand, though? Billy cut him off. He started, I... He was forever in gathering the words, though they had been floating in and out of his consciousness for two days. Finally, he settled on, I'm in love with you. I'm pretty sure I've been in love with you since the first time I saw you. In that moment, I finally knew a part of myself that I didn't know existed. He touched at his belly and said, It's right here. It's meant to be melodramatic, so don't laugh, okay? It's meant... I know that you're thinking this is cheeseball, but the point is that Josh is cheese. Cheese ball and he 's letting it uh, all out like a fucking moron directly after having after the first time he 's had sex I right. know you, but I know you you haven 't read the whole thing you don 't know. I- <laughs> I, it's right here changing me Even now it's changing me Your kisses changed me What just happened to me He ran his fingers through his own hair Sighed and laid his head in Billy's lap Looking up at his chin from underneath He said, I'm like a new person He reached up and, and touched and stroked Billy's cheeks We're you, married now <laughs> This morning I called I called Tom and Joan Mom and Dad He chuckled, I haven't done that in years He raised his voice I hated them and wished, them for, wished for a different life but You'd help me understand them and feel bad for the way I've treated them. His parents are shitbird hippie, hippies who let him do whatever he wants. So there's that, just so you know. Yeah. And how I'll treat them from now on. They were trying to prepare me. All I wanted to do was go off on my own and daydream. <laughs> He said flippantly mocking himself and histrionically waving his hands around perhaps that's why i took it took so long for me to get here into your arms and then he thought at the base of anu's tree that's way in the story you know you, you don't know what i'm talking about yeah great billy was silent during the whole speech chewing his lower lip in contemplation finally he looked down into josh's eyes and said you're still daydreaming what do you mean my love i wish you weren't whoa he stopped <laughs> I wish you weren't he stopped himself Josh asked what then Billy didn't answer he said anything you want I'll change about myself anything he said cheerily and raised his voice I wish you weren't in love with me can you change that he asked he asked his voice warbling with the sound of tears and then he sucked he sucked them back because I'm not in love with you
1: Oh, he. Oh. Josh
0: gulped in a dry throat, sat up, and looked into Billy's eyes, searching for another cruel joke. Because this is more than once that this kid has done something really nasty to him. Mm-hmm. But all he saw was Billy shaking his head, almost ho- in hope- hope- almost hopeless demeanor. The boy's shoulders were slumped, and he was staring into his lap. I had hoped that once this was over, you wouldn't feel that way anymore. But all that, all it did was make it worse. Right? Duh. Well, it can't happen," he said, pointing to Josh, then to himself. "You and I can't happen." Immediately, Josh was inundated by the feeling of weightness, weightlessness and fright, like a deer whose meanderings brought them directly into the path of an oncoming semi. After a mo- after
1: having had sex with another deer. <laughs> After
0: a moment, <laughs> I'm just one deer fucking another, like that horse back in this table. <laughs> they fuck each other the same way.
1: Wow, one minute we were both fighting over the same dough, and then on the next minute we were fucking each other. <laughs>
0: After a moment, he stirred and said faintly, You're unbelievable. The chapter's ending soon, so don't, don't don't worry.
1: He's unbelievable.
0: His voice cracked as he continued, I don't understand you at all. I'm not who you think I am, Josh. I'm not a good person. I tried to tell you that, but you didn't listen. Right now, I don't feel anything towards you. Then why are you crying? Josh asked, angrily. Satisfied that the answer negated Billy's confounding words. My emotions haven't been right for the moment for a long time. You don't have a condition. No, his parents just died.
1: I can not Come out of my eyes.
0: You don't know what it's like to find yourself laughing at a funeral. I have. You don't know what it's like to hate your parents. I do. You don't know what it's like to, to feel nothing for days on end then get pleasure from hurting others. I do. You don't know anything, and I pity you. That's why I'm crying. And you think this, th- what you think is a learning experience, I think is boring. Because even, because I've been through it all already. Billy's allusions to an earlier relationship had finally clicked home in his mind, he asked, And he, did he break your heart? Yes. Then why would you do that to me? Why kiss me why fuck me why hurt me i told you i was hoping that you would get over it once once we'd done it but you didn't no huh why no
1: no that's a lie
0: oh no well no he really wants him to get over it very quickly yeah but that's not how you do that he's he's fucking 16 and josh is is 15 whatever they don't think the way we do they haven't been they haven't been through this yet you see what i'm saying (laughs) Uh uh-huh I told, you can't be this cruel Josh said disbelieving. Billy sighed and swallowed a lump in his throat and steeled himself for what he was about to say. While you were up in the clouds daydreaming I was learning the hard way, hard way that the world hates us. You haven't even thought about what the world thinks of us. How they think we're disgusting and they'd rather pitch us into the fire than and then accept us. Don't answer because I know you haven't. You're too busy thinking about my eyes and my skin and my hair and my lips. He, he said twirling his finger around like it all like always boredom on a rainy day day and then said I'm a mess Josh Gagnon I'm a mess and I'm trying to save you from a lot of heartache Josh leaned forward and hugged Billy thinking that the touch would that would help the broken young man but Billy was slack in his arms not hugging back seemingly dead weight over his shoulder Josh asked why are you like this huffing over his shoulder Billy said because I'm not a person anymore I'm just a toy that gets shoved around from box to box closet to closet shelf to shelf I'm a doll with no purpose and you don't love me you just love what I do for you you just love my doggy yeah. style <laughs> no, 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 I'm just kidding <laughs> 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 that's gotta be the saddest thing i've ever heard josh breathed softly please leave josh he said josh pushing him away without knowing why josh leaned again leaned against the push and kissed billy clat his heart card clacking his teeth against his he reached out and held held the other young man's head and it was slack dead in his fingers like the hug had been this almost yes almost it's not it's not it's 12 more chapters we could do a marathon no i'm kidding it's only like like a half eight Uh uh-huh billy pulled away shook his head slightly and said you're still daydreaming now please leave Josh let his feet slip off the edge of the bed and sat there for a moment, looking at the pile of clothing, his khakis, his polo, his socks, his underwear, oddly knotted together in flaps and folds with Billy's jeans, Hanes, and bright white wife beater shirt. He felt the soft shag carpeting under his feet, and tickle, and it tickled almost painfully. The now-rustled covers of the bed felt like sandpaper under his butt. He stood up on weak knees and leaned against the dresser, looking looking into the waterless fish tank. Blue and green and yellow rocks sat at the bottom with a filter, and along with a tiny cast a Tiny plastic castle. It's one lonely flag waving in the air. He wished he reached down on his hand uh, with his hands trembling and took up his Calvin Kleins, stepping into them and almost fell over. Then stepped into his shorts and poked his head through his shirt, folding down his collar. Then sat again on his bed on the bed, putting on his socks and tiny uh, and tying his shoes with his back still to Billy. He looked around the room again, taking in like it was the last time he'd ever see it. Finally, he turned to, B- to Billy, hoping there was some semblance of humanity left in him that he might apologize. Again, tell him that he was sorry, then he might smile and tell him it was just another cruel joke. It's never going to happen. Even it even that would be easier to handle, but the young man sat there bereft, unmoving and emotionally dead at the sight of Josh. He turned the knob and opened the door and stood in it for a long time, taking in Billy too, who scoffed and said, "Just go." Then laid his head on the pillow, naked and beautiful. and That's the end of the chapter.
1: <clears throat> He's a jerk. Thanks, Amani, for your story. Thanks, Atticus, for your story. You're welcome. Remember, guys, you want a story? Go to the Let Me Listen contact page and leave it for me there, or get a hold of me and let me Wait, know how you, you want to get it to you
0: just said you want a story.
1: You want a story? <laughs> I'll give you a story.
0: <laughs> I'll tell you hey, about buddy. the time.
1: Hey, buddy. Yeah. You looking for a story? I got all kinds. Oh, sure. Short yeah, yeah. I got
0: a story. I got, I got lots of stories. I story. got a
1: compilation of New York Times' best short stories right here.
0: And I'm like go, hey, you,
1: you want a novella?
0: <laughs> here come the thought police
1: shut up shut up
0: now you stand in the corner don't touch each other they got us you might as well say goodbye (laughs) you might as well say goodbye are these robots? <laughs> no, it's the scene in fucking 1984. Oh, right. I, I forgot. It's not your... What's your favorite book? And then Moby Dick went around the ship and it took a huge <laughs> bite out of it. Blubbity, that blubbity, doesn't happen blah. until
1: the end and he
0: doesn't take a bite out of it, but okay. And then as if, if his chest was cannon, he'd have shot his heart upon it. You
1: only know that because you watched Star Trek First Contact.
0: I have read that book four separate times. I... I just I the plot escapes me because other books have shoved shit out of the way.
1: Well the thing is is that it's a very thin plot spread over a thousand and so pages.
0: Yep, and Queequeg wanted to have sex with Ishmael. <laughs> There's a lot of gay stuff happening on that
1: guy. Well, remember, the first time they meet, they sleep in the same bed together.
0: Yeah, because they don't have room. Yeah. They have to. All uh, right. What? They have to. They... All right. Yeah. For, this is it. We're done. Yeah. For let me finish, this is Jason Hardy. I'm Billy's rock hard dick thrusting in and out of Joshua. I love you. I love you. I love you. <sighs> But that doesn't happen. It reminded him of
1: a time when he was out in the backyard. and He just kept watching a gopher pop up out of the hole and back
0: down in the hole. <laughs> it reminded him of the time that he watched one horse fuck another horse. And it was it was rape, and he
1: and then the <laughs> and then the mare said, "I love you." And then the horse was a jerk to him. Uh,
0: you just love my doggy style. <laughs>
1: All right, say goodbye. Oh, goodbye, everybody. No, fine, I don't care. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. No, we're not doing that again.
0: Goodbye. (laughs) Would you like a Vaseline sandwich?
1: No, we're done. In
0: three, two,
1: one. The Lemmy Finish Podcast is a Lemmy Listen Podcast production with Atticus Blake and Jason Harding, with music by Kevin McLeod. Produced by Jason Harding. You can find more Let Me Listen podcasts at our website at www.letmelistenpodcasts.com. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Facebook, and iTunes. Please like and leave a review. And thank you for listening.